Hello everyone, Chris at Lightforce here. I'm coming to you before the show you're about to hear to let you know that first thing this morning, Overactive Media confirmed their exit from the Overwatch League, having received the buyout or payout uh, clause. This essentially means the Overwatch League as we know it is no more. Uh, we don't get into it in this show. We recorded the show last night, and as is podcast lore, Wednesdays is when all the news breaks, this being pretty big news. We'll talk more about this and everything that unfolds over the course of the next couple of weeks in two weeks' time, our next episode, not this one. But I did want to come to you to let you know that it is finally dropped. Everything that we've been telling you since the Grand Finals has ultimately come to light. What will this mean for competitive Overwatch? No clue. What we do know is in the statement, Overactive Media does disclose that there is a future that involves the Toronto Defiant, and they do plan on letting us know that information soon. Rest assured, we here at RSP will do our best to get that news to you. And we've already started to reach out to find out if we could have someone like Adam come on and talk about it. So again, the Overwatch League as we know it is no more. Let's get to the show. Five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast covering both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Force, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omnistrife, Jordan Atzer, Dr. Jam, and the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, how's it going? It's going. I mean, I've seen squirrels in a way I never imagined I'd see squirrels. So, I mean, <laughs> I had that going for me. I've seen a bunch of squirrels today, too. We went out to the park. They're a, a big... How uh, buff were these squirrels at the park? Could well, you see their nipples? No. <laughs> no, I could not. I could not. I suppose squirrels, that's good. I mean... They're mammals, so there should be nipples true. there, right? Very true. Squirrels, <laughs> squirrel nipples should be the title of this episode. It's a great start. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I was going to comment on squirrels laying eggs, but um, that works too. Oh man! So squirrel this is what eggs. happens when the Overwatch League doesn't have much news for us to talk about, and we start to speculate on what we're seeing on the social medias from different people. You know, that are affiliated with the league and teams and what have you. Uh, without getting into specific details, I, again, have seen more of a squirrel than I had ever thought I would have ever imagined. You and we've had a conversation before clicking yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are on the Twitters or Xs, whatever you want to call it, you know what we're talking about. Hey, you know, I mentioned it last week, but RSP's on threads now. Just in time for the end. Yeah, there was this uh, moment when you gave me a follow-up a, a while ago, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I noticed like, that as well. It's been well, five years. The league the league is literally, we don't know if it's like ever going <laughs> to continue or not. And suddenly, oh, there's a new RSP account. Great, so, great so that, timing. <laughs> let's, how, let's talk about how crazy this is. One... RSP had an Instagram account. I used it quite a bit leading up until sort of pandemic had hit. And then there really wasn't much for, for us to share because I was really only sharing um, event pictures, things of that sort when we were, we were interviewing the team, the Titans, what have you. 
But then to get a Threads account, you have to have an Instagram account. And so I had to create that. And I'm like, well, it would be unfair to create it and not follow the two of you. So, so I did that too. And again, I, I did this because I thought, well, if I don't do it now, that handle could very well be stolen by some other person. Hence why I'm not light force on TikTok. And I'm optimistic that something will happen and that the podcast will remain. So we're on threads. And but um, did you guys get the, uh, hear the news? Big news. Huge news since we last recorded. Taylor Swift is coming to the city of Vancouver. Mm, I did hear. And I am subscribed I, to the... Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to like try and understand what's been going on. Like everywhere I, I look without attempting to look for it. There's Taylor Swift. Um, what's what's the big deal? I've been like probably living under a rock. Like I know of her. I know her songs. How come she's like the second coming of Jesus now? Like what's going on? What 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 did no, I miss? I think she's more popular. Are you trying to get us canceled? No, no I don't have problems. With, no, I like Taylor Swift. I just don't understand why she's like uh she's like Elvis now. Well, what did I miss? I mean, oh, I she, she was like very well on par with everybody Elvis. else before. No. No, no. I think she's been this big for a while now. Yeah, really? and she's she's gotten bigger. Like now that she's I think her own person, um, <laughs> she is bigger. And I'm not like there's different ways to look at it. Like Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, not the same thing. But Taylor has is now a machine. Like the fact that Taylor Swift showing up in your city to perform Boost your economy one concert. As a, yeah, has a direct impact yeah. to the, not only the local economy, but like the broader economy. I've been listening to podcasts on finance that talk about the Taylor Swift effect mm -hmm. and how it's preventing the United States from going into. No, I'm, I'm well aware of it, but when was like the, what was the catalyst so for that? I, like what happened? If I had to guess, and I'm no expert here, the, the, the first catalyst, I think, was when she went through a whole legal thing with her previous music, uh, whatever producer. And she basically tried because he owns all the rights to her music or something like that. Okay. And in order to get around that and get around him or them making more money, she said, I'm going to re-record every single one of my albums and put them out as my own versions under my own stipulations so that they don't make any more money off of them. And thus, okay. over the past probably decade now, every couple of years, we get one of her albums re-released, entirely re-recorded, and mm, her fans are adamant about the fact that, yeah, you listen to Taylor's version, not the old versions, right? So I think that was the first big pop. And then the second oh, one, of course, is the Travis Kelsey effect, where she started dating the quarterback well, for the Chiefs, and... which. It itself has has had a direct impact where the NFL exactly. is now seeing its popularity go up. You've got mainstream NFL fans who may not have been into Taylor Swift suddenly paying attention, listening to some of her music. It is a cultural phenomenon. Like, yep. uh, Damn. you know, she single-handedly could save the Overwatch League. Like, if they haven't already oh, gotten my phone with her. I think just because, like, the Overwatch Overwatch League was uh, is kind of out of the spotlight. That's why she was able to, you know, leverage mm. the community of people who have point. nothing to look forward to now as, you know, the Titans and the Defined, they're not playing. So what else is on? Taylor Swift. Very true. Yeah. Very true. You know, at this point, I have to ask, if you're listening to us, 
What are your thoughts on Taylor Swift and the possibility of her, you know, helping the Overwatch League survive? Yeah. Or um, squirrels and their, you know, nipples. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, either one, because I mean, what else are we going to talk about this week? Well, there's actually a lot of news. We'll get into that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving the payload. Join me. So as we start pushing this payload, um, it's safe to say that Toronto is. I mean, Toronto has nothing more than an organization above it in OAM and Casoras, and I guess Stella. Uh, I don't actually no, I see whether or not well. is she done. I think okay, Casoras yeah. only. She put out a thank you tweet when they let go of most of the team. I think. Hmm. Okay. Well, Toronto is <laughs> the Vancouver Titans. However, they continue to exist. Hashtag sorta. Um, no official news has been released as of recording, um, but what we do know is that most, if not all, the players have removed uh, the Vancouver Titans brand from their social media. Whether or not it was there in the first place, I can't say I pay that close attention to it. Two, uh, Sugar Free had a recent stream where he had titled it Being Unemployed. <laughs> so, I mean, that could very well be a sign. Um, but... Why there hasn't been an announcement, who knows, but that's the Titans brand, right? They'll announce that everything is done after everything has been done for weeks, months. I it's mean, just the way they do things. Can we take a sec to just applaud the organizations that have actually said something? Because that's always the worst part of the offseason is the teams that just don't say anything. And here we are, impending doom of the league. And we know a handful of organizations have gotten rid of most, if not all of their teams, organizations, staff member, what have you. But we also know some that have not. But we also know some that were heavily rumored to be imploding before the end of the season even happened. And they have not said anything. Case in point, the Los Angeles Gladiators. Is there anyone still there that can actually a good point. tweet that out? Maybe nobody yeah. has access to the socials anymore. On that note, there was actually a tweet coming from the uh, Chengdu Hunters account a while ago, I which was kind of funny. I did see that. Guangzhou <laughs> tweeted something out, and then the Chengdu account yeah. replied to it. <laughs> They're like, "Are we? am I all alone here? It's like, and they reply, like, don't be like that or something. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't remember. Exactly. It was something like that. <laughs> Along these lines. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Talking about the, the Titans, this is what they have always done. And, you know, I get that the, you know, person, uh, whomever it might be that's currently managing the socials account doesn't get to say when stuff comes out. Uh, but, like, if, if they have, at this point, not kept any options, don't have any other player under contract, or they've even let a few go, just say, you know, farewell. It's very easy. I mean, get some graphics done up. No problem. Um but in the other note, though, is that uh, a senior leader within Canuck Sports and Entertainment, uh, Colby Fa uh, Fackler, uh, he has announced that he is no longer with the organization. Um, now, why this is big is he was a member of the C-suite. He was chief business officer for both esports and the Vancouver Warriors lacrosse team. Um, by all accounts, Colby was engaged uh, with not only the sports side of the business is his purview, but within the context of the Overwatch League, I've spoken to a handful of people who said he, you know, was really looking at advancing the brand and trying to understand the business because he didn't come from the sports space. 
So it is unfortunate if you were to be on the optimistic end of things to see this happen, but you know, you don't keep a senior leader around for something that no longer exists. And it could be that maybe they're also going in a different direction with the Vancouver Warriors too, right? On the traditional sports end, but all signs are suggesting that the Titans are not more as in player personnel, whether or not they're part of a new or old league, who knows? So yeah, that's that. That is that. Um, and yeah, just go check out Adam Adam's Twitter account and you can see all the fun stuff we've been talking about in the lead up of the show. Uh, we'll take ourselves a very brief break here and then uh, dive into the fray. Speaking of teams making announcements, the London Spitfire have said everyone's gone. Farewell. Um, Not a surprise. Again, the bigger surprise is where teams actually announce that, hey, we've either exercised an option or we're keeping a particular player or coach or GM or whomever. That wasn't the case here. Um, As Jordan, you pointed out, still lots of teams who said deadly squish, Mm -hmm. which makes no sense. Like, like I, 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 again, if let's say you're not wanting to go and, you know, have people either fall into the more pessimistic group or have retain optimism, I think everyone within the community understands that if you say, we don't know what's happening, we're allowing our players, you know, unrestricted free agency, we hope to have them back or be able to have a conversation in a future, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many ways you can paint it yeah. with all the possibilities available. Mm-hmm. I don't understand where the win is from silence. Yeah. No, and that's the point I was making, right? Like you look at, honestly, you look at the organizations that have said something and there've been a few that, yeah, certainly those organizations are not known to be, uh, you know, either the best performing teams or the um, even in a lot of ways that most, I don't know, uh, outward facing teams. Um, But they at least took that step to say, Hey, you know, we know we had fans or at the very least, some of these players have fans and we want you to know that, you know, they're technically no longer with this org. Who knows what the future holds kind of thing. I mean, Toronto is a good example, right? Where, yeah, they, they kind of, you know, put it out there as if there is another season coming, um, which I think most of us don't believe. But some of them have just approached it from a standpoint of, hey, you know, we don't know, right? London was a good example of that, actually. I mean, they even let go of their, their head coach, uh, Christopher. And um, I can't recall for sure, but I think Nuki, the general manager, is the only one that wasn't let go. But on the flip side of that, you see, you know, even Florida made an announcement and almost everyone has gone there. So, so outside of the Washington justice, no one has really Boston um, took up an option. Uh, Boston did too. Yeah. Boston, Boston still has decay and Smurf and Moby Dick. 
and pre technically. Right. But yeah, Washington, I think was the strangest. They were the biggest question mark because I mean, in terms of who they kept like alpha Yi, flora, Tiru and Danny. And they did actually make a point to say they were exercising their options. Um, which was interesting right. because like, I don't think Boston went that far. They just said, we're, we're keeping these, these, uh, you know, people, but yeah, mm-hmm. Washington almost Boston to me felt strategic. Washington to me felt a little, um, what's the word? Uh, ignorant, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> Washington to me felt more like whoever's in charge didn't really know what was going on and was just like, yeah, these are, these players were okay. Let's just keep them because we got them for a reasonable price. Meanwhile, Boston was saying these are top tier performers that should there be a league, we want to have first dibs kind of thing. But outside of that, I think they're the only ones. Well, and I guess Toronto keeping Casoras. I don't think many teams have said anything about, um, you know, head coaches. Whereas I think the general manager seems to be the one that is probably in the best position, but even in some instances, we've seen them, them cut as well. Yeah. So it's hard to I say. I mean, it's a t- tough world we're living in. I, I don't even know if my contract is up for, you know, renewal or not. It's, I'm, I'm, I keep bothering Chris here, mm-hmm. but he's like, no comment, no comment. I've told what you that you you'll do? you'll see the announcement on social media when <laughs> timing is appropriate. Well, that's more than some than what some people are getting. So, <laughs> yeah, but we we're technically not supposed to be talking about it right now due to the NDA that you had signed when you joined the podcast. So, true, true. That's going to be a cut to your pay. <laughs> you now owe him money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Um. If you uh, happen to be uh, following uh, Overwatch or, or, you know, Blizzard over the course of this past weekend, BlizzCon has happened. Uh, before we get into the Overwatch-related news uh, that was dropped at BlizzCon, let's talk a little bit about the Overwatch World Cup. If you were to have told me that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia would be the uh, Overwatch World Cup champions, I would have, okay, I could see their possibility being a pathway for that to occur, but I wouldn't have thought that they would have been able to overcome uh, a team like China or a team like Korea, the two, you know, favorites going in. Well, guess what? They did that. Um, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, beat China 3-2 in the, uh, in the final. And if I understand this correctly, they went undefeated in the World Cup. Yes. Like, I believe qualifying through right. to the stages through to I well the end. I could be wrong, but I want to say the only maps they dropped were in the final. Now, if you look at the weird scheduling of the Overwatch World Cup, I think most would admit they had an easier path there overall. But granted, it is based on the performance of of everyone, right? Um I think their toughest opponent outside of China was probably when they played the U.S., who was, I think, in a lot of ways favored going into uh, the actual yeah. World Cup. But uh, unfortunately, the U.S. underperformed um, for you know compared to expectations. Uh, but I feel like just just like uh, Korea did, right? Um, I think if the U.S., I think if I'm not mistaken, 
if the U.S. had beaten Saudi Arabia, they would have played Korea before the finals in, in the semis. And that, if Korea won, that would have eliminated Saudi and sent Korea to, uh, to the finals. And it would have been China versus Korea, which we did see on the same day as the finals. And it was a really good match or it might've been the day before mm-hmm. even, but, um, in any case, yeah. Um, maybe a bit of an easier path to the finals, but nonetheless, they beat probably their stiffest competition in the Chinese team, which was, uh, or th- the team from China, I should say, as they yes, referred to them China. as, um, which was for all intents and purposes, the Hangzhou spark, right? So, yeah. Um, also invited as opposed to qualified through other means. Well, yeah, the U S team got nerfed by salads. Apparently if you heard about uh supers uh super set on stream i think it was kalush who just ate salads for a while and he just lacked energy mm. <laughs> he sounded genuinely mm. upset by it but anyway yeah it's 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 a shocking result for sure because we'll talk a little bit about the games maybe or like generally speaking there were tight close matches and it feels yeah. now like ksa or, or the saudi team it feels like the the maybe best kept secret because every every tournament will have like overperformers and mm-hmm. underperformers. Uh, you saw Japan play a couple of good games. You saw teams like you know USA dropping uh, a bunch of games that they shouldn't have dropped. Even Canada at the start started a little bit slow, but winning it all mm-hmm. and beating you know amazing teams on the way. Yeah. Outside of Sir Majid, it's a contenders team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's they, there's KSA who used to play for for Vancouver and on not a very good squad, but damn, the a lot of things were said about counter picking Bastion, right? Trying to like neutralize uh, uh Winston, and all that. It's all good, but still, it doesn't matter, right? You're going five v five and. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Let's. They they won fair and square, right? Yeah. So, props to them. I mean, it's, it's been unexpected. I'm sure, like, uh, not the result that a lot of people wanted, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking about close results. Um, the last four matches were all three two, right? Yeah, like, they were yes. you had, so good too. Yeah, I mean, uh, KSA gets by Finland, who'd look strong. China gets past Korea. Those are the finals teams. KSA 3-2 over China. Finland 3-2 over Korea. Like, it couldn't have been any closer than that. And, you know, looking at the matches going into this, um, the only team to to take a map off these these sort of final teams was Canada taking one off of Korea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the (laughs) very first day or whatever. Was that the map that that was the match that we didn't get to watch the full broadcast of. Ah, uh, yeah, I got cut off because right, the yeah. uh, opening ceremonies, Blizzcon opening ceremonies. I, you know, okay. I actually wanted to talk about it because I saw a lot of people upset, and I completely get it. I, I, I truly understand why you'd be upset if you don't care about anything other than the Overwatch World Cup. But Blizzard having its showcase event happening at a particular time isn't going to delay showcase event for something that's not a final. Right. Like that match as important as it is to us, maybe not important in the broader scope of the 
the brand. Like, but I mean, if isn't you that care about Wow? No, you you don't care if that holds up things. Usually, move on. And that's like I get this is where that, you know you would think there would be a means to watch that, right? Like that, of that's all the was, platforms. That was my point. You would have been a hundred percent correct if. They, it, there was only a Blizzard channel, which this was streamed on. But no, there's like a bunch of them. There's the Overwatch channel that's streaming that. Oh, just there's the, the Diablo probably channel that's separated for that. Just put up a, a channel separately or, and say, oh, if you want to continue watching the the Blizzard. Uh, you was know, there an Overwatch World Cup channel? I watched the whole thing on no, the Overwatch, Overwatch Contenders uh, channel. Even I, I don't even know that it was streaming on the actual Play Overwatch or uh, Overwatch League. Yeah, I was channel. watching on Play Overwatch. Oh, were you? Okay, because yeah, like that's the thing is like Play Play Overwatch is going to switch over. Like that one, I completely get why. But this is where you the, like you would have planned for this, and maybe Contenders is it. But the, yeah, I, I get on the there should have been somewhere to go, not following reinforced live tweeting. Oh, it. even the Contenders channel. F- showed the keynote yeah that's where i, I watched understand it. i watched i watched all blizzard all channels switched over to the <clears throat> damn blizzard does have their own ceremony. twitch page with a 501,000 followers so i i totally agree i they should have just said okay dedicated overwatch channels are going to continue playing the uh the overwatch world cup Meanwhile, they could even throw up a banner on screen saying catch the opening ceremonies now or something like that right advertise well, I, themselves the, but the the thing about that in what little I know is that, you know, let's say in terrestrial TV, you'll see this. Like for us, TSN's one mm-hmm. through five. ESPN's got like 100. You'll get that banner. If to continue yeah. watching such and such or see this, go to that channel. On the digital space, people won't go to this diff- the alternative stream. Mm. Like they'll just, they might go elsewhere. So this is why I feel like they should have had an Overwatch World Cup. Right. Yeah. As the primary, because like play Overwatch is going to switch. Yeah. Right. You, you can't oh. just say, oh, well, play Overwatch is going to keep with the World Cup, go somewhere else. Well, you don't bring them back necessarily. Right. Man, and that keynote was pathetic. Imagine how bad things are when like the only game you get actual gameplay from is Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, that guy spoke really well. Was it Metzen at the end? Oh but man, I, could, I have never heard so many people get hyped so much from logos. Wow, logo. Whoa, another logo. Well, <gasps> another logo. <laughs> I talked about how like they should just have Metzen do all of the commentary. And so it was great brands, too. Right? So it was amazing. Yeah, so it was great. But like the way Metzen oh, he's he great. knows how to work the crowd, he's got the energy. Um like he just the, carries himself in a way. So much charisma. Yeah, right. Like that that's what they need more of. Yeah. And we were talking in in the Stratsco community about this and I someone's like, "Oh, that's Metzen. That's him." I'm like, "Well, you know, when we think about Jeff Kaplan, Jeff was different. Like he was a whole different energy than Metzen, but Jeff was able to carry himself right. equally as well." Right? And that's what they need to be the spokesperson for a particular brand. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um we'll talk about the the keynote in a moment um, with the, the overwatch world cup. What are your thoughts on how it sort of as an event came to, to fruition? Like it felt to me that they had all of this activity cause they needed it. Mm-hmm. And to suddenly 
funnel it into an event that it doesn't seem to get promoted until the final. Hmm. Like it, it just to me, like if you're wanting to find a way to reinvigorate your competitive scene or to continue to sort of find some place to focus, they didn't do a very good job at that. I mean, I, I, I know I had talked on, uh, <clears throat> on previous episodes about the fact that I felt like it wasn't really being promoted and they weren't really talking about it too much. Um, or enough, I should say, I kind of came around on that because it was largely like, I mean, you look at something like, uh, FIFA, which is obviously a much grander scale and a much, much, much larger tournament. And the amount of time that the qualifying matches are happening for, like they go on for like a full year or two before we actually get to the finals of the mm-hmm. tournament in whatever single place or, you know, grouping of places, as is sometimes the case, they take place in. And I kind of, having seen the whole thing now, I've kind of come around to that where like World Cup started in February and we would have a weekend or two of matches and then it would go quiet for another two months. And then we'd have another weekend of qualifying matches. And I kind of felt like it did wind up coming to this bigger head at BlizzCon. I think there it's, it's overwatch. They're always going to have the problem of marketing, of bringing new eyes in yeah. of it's not Fortnite. It's not, you know, even call of duty. So no. And I guess it's sort of what, what I'm getting at is like to use the, you know, like a FIFA world cup as a, as a comparable, like FIFA markets the hell out of the group stage. Right. The yeah. Qualifying that I get maybe not as much. And that tends to be in the different sort of, you know, regional just lo- logistics at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like once the tournament kicks off, like every match is a must watch match, whether sure. it is or not. Yeah. Right. There's some search from draw. There's marketing. It's it's discussed. And I feel that Overwatch as a brand had an opportunity with the World Cup that they didn't take advantage of mm. through the tournament and frankly, not until the final. Like I, I, I feel that, you know, I get it. Maybe it's a money thing. Um, maybe it's a logistics thing. Like it's not that easy, but you had a return to an in-person event, a showcase event. The first one, since pre-pandemic, like there's so much here that you could have had pop from and you decided this wasn't the the place we were going to have it. Well, and, and I mean, I, and I just feel, you know, why not? I, mean, I don't get it. I would love to see a world where we could, which, you know, it's never going to happen, but I'd love to see a world where we could see what the reality would have been like if it hadn't happened at BlizzCon. For me, I think BlizzCon was their best opportunity. I think that's how they're going to get the most eyes. That's how they're going to reach out to not the broadest audience, but the broader audience. Because, so, I mean, I think there's a natural jump to going from Overwatch, Blizzard gamers, video games in general, right? I think, um, I mean, for me personally, Blizzard is the reason I got into Overwatch in the first place. After many, many years of playing WoW, after following StarCraft when it came out, it eventually came around to, oh yeah, Blizzard's working on a first-person shooter. You know, I, I really like every Blizzard game I've ever touched. You know, it's only made, you know, primarily two different franchises. But, you know, I know that those are top-tier 
franchises. Like they're, they've got the stuff and then Blizzard comes out and sure enough, it's this, or Blizzard comes out Overwatch. It's this big hit. So, you know, that's what got my eyes on it in the first place. So I kind of think this was their best opportunity. Um, I, I have no idea what numbers were like. I didn't see anything, any reporting, or I didn't even try to look into it, but to see what viewership numbers were like on Twitch or anything like that. Um, and certainly on the first, you know, a couple days or first day, it did seem like the stadium was quieter, you know, empty seats, that kind of thing. But I mean, it was also happening during BlizzCon. So people were there maybe for BlizzCon and would pop in or they were, would watch a match, then they would pop out. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I, I, I kind of do think that they, they did the best with what they had and what they could. Um, I think the final being sort of, tied into the big grand finale of BlizzCon, obviously, you know, the actual finale of BlizzCon being probably the Le Seraphim performance. Um, I think it kind of worked nicely because it crossed over because that performance crossed over with Overwatch having the World Cup finals being right before that. Now, I also know that if you weren't in the Le Seraphim concert hall uh, before, I believe, map uh, three of the grand of the actual final. I think that I, I was talking to someone that was there and they said you weren't getting in uh, like the Seraphim hall or wherever it was, was full by that point. Um, so yeah. obviously some people probably missed out cause they wanted to catch both and they had to, you know, they wanted to finish off the overwatch, uh, the world cup uh, uh, final, but I don't know. I, I thought they did a good job. I, I would, it would have been fun to be there. That's for sure. Um, yeah, that's what I, what I think. When's well, the next speaking- event? <laughs> yeah, next year. 2024. This time. World Cup. Yeah, pretty much. Um, speaking of BlizzCon, BlizzCon, BlizzCon. That's the German variant of BlizzCon. You, yeah. you got cloned. Um, the uh, news that we got for at least Overwatch uh, is Mauga, the new tank that, you know, obviously we were so shocked and surprised to see, you know, officially announced during the, the keynote. Um, the probably bigger news about Mauga is that this past weekend you were, ha- had an opportunity to play as him in game. Uh, I did not play the game. <gasps> I did not give Mauga mm. a try. Uh, mm. So I missed out. Um, but I also looked at uh, his kit and decided, yeah, just I'm like just rage. You said this is just like Reinhardt. Oh no! <laughs> if I give get, you know what? Reinhardt should be able to like pop his shield and like have like a cage match with everyone in the hammer. That, like, would that to awesome. me would be a phenomenal. <laughs> you know, if they need to rework Ryan, give that to mm-hmm. to him. But um, Mauga's kit's crazy. He's got you know two Gatlin guns. Um, He's got the ability to buff his team. Uh, he's got the ability to pop an alt and lock everyone by chain inside of a cage to, you know, deal damage to. Um, he can disrupt. Like, it's like, I, I like the creativity now when it comes to heroes. It's like, there's no real true lane. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there is, but then there's a few other lanes that are sort of attached. It's, just a simple tank like Reinhardt just feels so <laughs> much less as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Get on with the times, old man. Hey, come on now. Yeah. They gave Ryan a second fire strike. Uh, thank you. I, I, uh, I, I, did I can play. I, can, I can steer the charge, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. 
I can't believe we never used to be able to do that. We never used to be able to cancel it either. No, you couldn't cancel. And you like, I got so good at knowing what pixel Distance. that I could be on yeah. to like charge you off the edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, I um, love doing that too. Uh, we now also know the next mode uh, will be clash. Mm-hmm. Uh, clash is kind of like push, except you're capturing points. Um, and the first to have capped all five wins. Mm-hmm. Um, each team starts with two. Uh the map is going to be Hananoka, which is going to reutilize Hanamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be good to have uh, Japan back in the mix. They also announced the two new heroes we're going to get in the uh, next, uh, you know, calendar year uh, beyond uh, Malga, who Malga drops. Yes. This year, I think. December. I think, yeah. I think season seven yeah. ends December 2nd or 8th, I want to say, yeah. around okay. there. First week of December. And uh, what we know is in season 10, we're going to get Venture, uh, who is... Canadian, right? I think. Was it Canadian? Was she the one that was Canadian? Or were they the one that was Canadian? Canadian archaeologist. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, um, a mole that can go around, uh, the (laughs) you know, underground, is invincible while underground, um, can, you know, deal you know, AOE damage with a primary. Uh, and then the season 12 hero is space ranger. Yeah. Hmm. But not to be confused with, oh, I wish I remembered his name. The Jack Pat cap. No, the main character of Starcraft. R- Reiner. Is that his name? Rainer. 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 Jim Rainer. Cause they're space rangers, aren't they? No, they're space Marines. Marines. Damn. Marines. I'm not, a, I'm not a real Damn. Starcraft fan. That was close. No, no. you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um i liked it i i, I thought it was cool mm-hmm. i i think we speculated on uh a ground hero at one point in one of our previous shows but i did get like my excitement kind of got toned down after someone mentioned something in in i think it was reddit they said like oh they can't go through walls it's basically a wraith with a different animation <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, like you, oh, you damn, see where true. they are as they're digging up the ground. Um, and when you emerge, you jump straight up. You're not invulnerable. So it's not like as you're... groundbreaking as, as I was hoping. It's a good point. <laughs> um, and I'm also happy to see Hanamura evolved into another, uh, mm. you know, I was got pissy about them taking away these these worlds. And another thing that I'm thinking they're going for, I remember uh, Aaron Keller said something about... Uh, n- yeah, in a way, he said we're planning like a, an Egypt yeah. event. Yeah, they did. And they mentioned uh, that Volskaya was originally planned as a, a 5CP map. And what was the other one? Oh, they're planning like a alternative... Uh, universe sort of thing where heroes can yeah. be villains and villains can be heroes which is kind of exciting yeah there there are lots of uh lots of tidbits for anyone any keen observers or you know even not so keen as long as you were listening to what they were saying um <laughs> there was there was lots to it's pull keen out of it. these days yeah these days it's a lot fair enough there there was lots of little little things to pull out like that they talked about yeah. egypt and of course we know that to be anubis and things like that so yeah, the the sort of alternate reality villains and heroes, heroes and villains. 
I don't, I really don't understand the context beyond storytelling there. Right. Like that's the one thing that I feel overwatch hasn't really figured out how to implement because you have these distinct sort of in-game brands that mean nothing. Right. Like I have soldier and widow on the same team. <laughs> like this, the lore tells you that's not the case. And then they have banter back and forth. That's like, we don't agree with each other. And then it's like five, four, three, two, one. And you work together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For now right. we'll, uh, we will agree. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I get that you can't have that truly occur because of balance, but I think that if this game were to continue to evolve, maybe come Overwatch 3, that will then be more streamlined. Yeah, I mean, it all comes, in my mind, it comes back to PvE, right? If 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 the first game, or Overwatch 2 as intended, had dropped with a strong PvE or strong story mode or what have you, then I think people would feel more more strongly in line with what you're saying. I think right now it's just kind of like, it's primarily a PvP game, so people just don't really put much thought into oh, it, right? No, I, I guess I get where it's it comes just, from. It's, yeah, it's just it's it's weird. Like the execution just doesn't seem to be quite there, yeah. and they have, haven't figured out how to maximize. So when they when they make an announcement where oh, heroes are villains and villains are heroes, what does that matter to me? Yeah. Well, it means that you are going to get evil Reinhardt uh, voice lines and skins. Whoa. I'm so excited. As if we don't already have that. The Demon Lord. Take the money out of my wallet, please. <laughs> I mean, to me, that was more of just like, a, hey, you remember in Quest Watch how Reinhardt was the big bad, right? He was Demon Lord skin. It, to me, it was just, we're going to do things like that. You know, we'll do goofy things like uh, Cupid's, whatchamacallit. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I love them experimenting that way. Like the, you know, prop hunt. It, what oh, I, I think I they said hunt. it was like the most popular yeah. mode. Um, I love prop. Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm all for that type of stuff. Yeah. So like if, if that, when they say that, that's what they're going to do with it. Okay. But if you're going to have like, yeah, your traditional gameplay where it's like reversed roles. So yeah. How, how and makes what? No sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you also just reminded me actually of uh, another thing they talked about, which was uh, battle pass tweaks and changes. And they talked a lot about something that we had talked about, before Overwatch 2 dropped with the battle pass and comparing it to Fortnite and things like that, where you can kind of unlock what you want. Um, they, they said that they're hoping to implement something like that specifically for the mythic skins where you can, you know, choose the progress you're earning to go towards a particular mythic skin, which was exciting for me as someone who hasn't bought every battle pass and for some reason is obsessed with collecting all of these skins. So you know, come back to me when I can earn the battle pass by playing. Well, and hopefully they'll do that. I mean, I still have yet to, I, I purchased the game when it launched with the, whatever founders pack or whatever that thing was mm -hmm. Watchpoint pack. And then I purchased the invasion bundle as well. And I mean, it realistically, that's, you know, one game release a year. Um, other than that, I've only used coins that came from those packs to, uh, to buy my battle passes. And like I say, I mean, I haven't got every battle pass, but I got one, not two or three, 
and then I got four and five. No, four, five, six. Yeah. But I did not get this season. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just go continue playing Fortnite where if I buy a battle pass, I can earn that battle pass back. It's very true. Right. And how do I do that? I commit a lot of time into the game, which I used to do with Overwatch. And I actually fired up Overwatch today for the first time in, I think, almost two weeks. Mm. See, and for me, I've, I've been enjoying the game a lot lately. Um, the only thing that took it took me away from it was uh, Spider-Man, actually. I've been playing more of that than anything. Mm. But leading into Spider-Man, I was playing regularly. I was actually progressing through this battle pass, I think, quicker than I've progressed through any other battle pass, with the exception of the you know 20% bonus from buying the battle pass. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I hate to admit I'm bored with the game. I think aye, in aye, Overwatch aye. one, aye, aye, I aye. enjoyed mystery heroes. That's what I played a lot of. And that's what kept me coming back is that there, you know, the lack of structure is what made it fun for me. Mm. I don't like mystery heroes in, in Overwatch two. Why? It's why not? It's why not? It's the way the the heroes are are built mm. uh, in that 5v5 environment like at least in in a 6v6 the odds of you rolling a support hero mm. were that much better than in a 5v5 or you don't get these one-sided fights and so for me not a whole lot of fun there um i'm no longer playing the tank role yeah i remember in quick play because there's one and so much rides on the tank that I'm like, eh, not for me. Like Man. I am a casual player and the game has not been designed for me. Mm. So for me, my pl- gameplay is going to other casual titles. I'm starting to play like, and, it's, and that's not a bad thing. There are so many, you know, great games that are out right now, mm-hmm. but you know, how much time did I invest in overwatch? And <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> It finally hit you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, BlizzCon. <laughs> I don't know if I expected like the Microsoft acquisition to simply unleash the chains and all the crazy would come out on stage. But, you know, I, I, I look back in retrospect, especially now hearing like Micah Barra talk about how decisions had to go right up the yeah. – uh, flagpole to the top and the bureaucracy took forever to sort of, you know, make things occur mm-hmm. that they were probably in somewhat of a not holding pattern, but a much more defensive uh, position going into this BlizzCon. Hence why we didn't get a whole lot, but it now sounds like Blizzard's been told, Hey, it's your show again. You know, you, you make good games, make good games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I mean, I've, I don't think I honestly don't think it's inaccurate of you to say a holding pattern. I think that's exactly what they were in. I think everyone was holding their breath, waiting for something to happen. Um, you 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 know, obviously there were certain gears already in motion, and with Overwatch two kind of being the first live service, the first true live service game that Blizzard was putting out, um. In a lot of ways, I mean, it was kind of their guinea pig, right? It set the template for Diablo, and obviously Diablo had it came out with a bang, and then you know things obviously turned on that one. But um, I was honestly shocked at how much they did have to show and say about Overwatch, and 
I think it's kind of, again, it's because leading into the release of Overwatch 2, where they clearly weren't ready for that, I think they had to do a lot of the planning and foundation setting as they went. You know, they were laying the track as the train was coming. And I think they probably learned a lot from that. I think it kind of shows in how much they were able to say and show us and talk about. Um, it, it shows a lot of what they've learned. And I think that Overwatch kind of had the most to actually show. Yes, World of Warcraft talked about a lot. Yes, they showed off three three logos that will encompass the next, what, five years. But like yeah. logos are one thing, showing us actual concepts of characters and heroes in play and and giving us access to the uh, you know next upcoming one, which, yeah, sure, he's in his final stages because he comes out in a month. But um, I don't know. I, I honestly felt like the Overwatch showing at BlizzCon was probably the best part of BlizzCon. And, and I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased. I, I don't <clears throat> actively yeah. play WoW anymore and things like that, but still. Well, it, but that's the thing is when you BlizzCon of old – there would be at least two or three pop moments yeah. in a keynote. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be just all in one brand. Like I don't feel what we got out of the overwatch keynote as having a lot of pop, right? Like we knew Maga was happening. I think the biggest pop was probably that he was a playable hero for everyone over the course of the yeah, weekend. That, that was like that. That was the unexpected. Yeah. The, the big drop right? of, you know, you can download it right now. Yeah. Um, Shadow looking drop. across, the, looking across the other brands, like the biggest pop that probably occurred outside of Overwatch was the uh, World of Warcraft um, uh, animation, like the short vid. Oh, with, uh, with hot Anduin. Yeah, yeah. Anduin's he, he all grown up. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. And uh, and throwing that, like to me, like that carried pop because. We're, we're very much used to blizzard cinematics mm-hmm. um but there wasn't like I, I i don't again i don't know what i was expecting like oh bring back you know warcraft rts and now something with starcraft like i i remember so many events where like you know it wouldn't even be what's the, that the, starcraft what is that like the biggest news but they wouldn't like something you would not expect would get dropped and we didn't get any of that mm-hmm. but again in fairness, and that retrospective I have thinking it through, they probably had been sort of handcuffed as to what they could really work on, invest a lot into, and now that they've been provided a little more flexibility, maybe next year's BlizzCon will be all that in a bag of chips. Well, and and I mean, you have seen, again, I think some of that stuff coming out, right, with the, I'm not sure if it was jason schreier's interview or whomever's interview it was nowadays we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording but um we've heard some things like the next rumored entry in the starcraft series is not going to be an rts um you know there's there's thing information like that coming out which i mean hey yeah starcraft goes let's go my mind immediately jumps (laughs) to a first person shooter because i think the starcraft Mm -hmm. universe is is ripe for a um, uh, what is third it? person? Probably. It's ripe for a Warhammerification, right? Where we get, you know, Warhammer has a dozen different I, variations. It's of a, it. I, I got leaks. It's a dating <laughs> simulator. The the Hanzo event was so good. Yeah, you know, you the, you, the you romance the Overmind. 
No, it's the overmind. Yeah, That's the, the goal. overmind. Oh, even better. Um, so I, I, I think I would love to see that, but then I would like, there are so many units synonymous to the Starcraft universe that don't work in a first person or third person shooter. You can make it work. You can make it work. Come on. Yeah, let, oh, me, let me, let so me, let me play as Jim Rayner. Space Ranger. Siege tank shows up and it's the size of, you know, Jim Rayner. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Have you ever played Metal Gear Solid? You take like, out okay. tanks there every second. <laughs> so I'm you I'm Fulton Protoss. them out afterwards. Oh, At what yeah. point will I have to build more pylons? All the time. Maybe you must construct additional yeah. pylons. Maybe it's a key component of their kit. You know what? Maybe sure. yeah, exactly. maybe I can't I can't I can't push the robot because I don't have a pylon constructed. Or you take out the one pylon that's connecting me back to the base, and guess what? I lose the game because now I don't have any. You shit. got Zerg rushed anyways, so. <laughs> All the time. All you won't time. have, a t- like, the time to get the pylons up. Oh, gosh. Man, see, yeah, uh, World of Man. StarCraft. Give me World the of StarCraft. Way, the way they massacred the story in StarCraft 2, I just can't. Did they ever release okay, all that's three for another, campaigns? That's for another day. <laughs> Sorry? Did they release all three campaigns? Yeah, they did. They did, eh? Yeah. I remember I played, yeah. I watched my friend play through the first, and that's where my StarCraft 2 knowledge ends, but. Well, that that was where things really started to go. I think askew from a lore a perspective, development perspective, oh. because you like no, like you think about StarCraft in the past, there'd be DLCs, but you got to play three playable races. Mm. Then suddenly, oh, we're gonna gate this one behind a DLC. Right. You could still play them, but not in the campaign. Yeah, yeah, not in the campaign. But that's the that's the you know yeah, I could play PvP. But if I wanted to play the campaign, oh, great. I can't play Toss unless I buy all three. Right. Right? Like, that was the other catch. Like, it was just, they they gate, pay-gated controllable players and characters that, that I think. A first so taste of like, uh, Bobby Kotick's shenanigans, I think. Yeah. I'd rather not taste anything from Bobby Kotick. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, here we are. Um, end of a show. And unless you want to talk about BlizzCon some more, we can. But we've almost recorded an hour of content on an episode where I think I had given us like half an hour. Granted, we talked 10 minutes about Taylor Swift and squirrels. Nipples. But it was that kind not, of show. Not just squirrels. Squirrel nipples. <laughs> Oh man, do I put that as the title of the episode? Like, do I do I end us before the end? Who's gonna end us? Nobody's canceling us. <laughs> Nobody's coming for you. Well, your mom, <laughs> who I know is an avid listener, would true probably be quite upset. But yeah, we are at the end of our our show. Follow us on Threads because you know why not? Um, I already set poem there. Uh, broken website, which I kind of played around with. It's not as horribly broken. It's just absolutely not responsive. Mm. So don't check it out on your mobile device. It doesn't look so good. Uh, use a computer. Raceatphone.com. And then uh, you can don't you uh, guys join have the conversation phones? in Discord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Discord.com. You know what I actually found interesting? Um, was there anything mobile focused during the keynote? Uh, they mentioned Immortal. I remember the guy mentioning it and I went, I went, sure. You want to bring that up? And then they quickly moved on from it. And also Warcraft rumble was there too. 
Oh, that's right. Rumble. Yeah. R- Rumble launched officially. I forgot about that. Yeah. But the weird part about Rumble, the game actually launched before BlizzCon. Now, I have heard that it was regional. So it was available in well, well, New Zealand, was, Australia, and Canada for a while. Yeah. Before we had it as a soft launch. Yeah. But they launched worldwide before BlizzCon. Oh, did they? Yes. Oh. Like, yeah. I mean, it. Yeah. Well, if you were paying attention, it was live. Well, anyhow, it's actually not a bad game. I've been playing a bit. It is definitely geared towards uh, the monetization model. And uh, if you're doing PVP, uh, you get to run into the whales pretty early on. Oh, dear. Which doesn't make for as fun of an experience. I, I've, Unless you yourself are a whale, at which point, buy it all. Pay to win. Yay. Yeah, I mean, the, there are ways to avoid the PvP part and enjoy the game, but, I mean, like Hearthstone, like Constructed is pay to win. It always has been. Um, no difference there. But if you enjoy Battlegrounds, there's no real pay to win unless you want your, you know, tavern board to look different. But yeah, any final words of wisdom uh, this week, uh, gentlemen? You must construct additional squirrel nipples. Uh, are those constructible? <laughs> Not unless they're uh, zergling rushed. Oh, man. I don't have anything Jordan. to top that, so <laughs> just move on. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even have a joke ready here. Oh, uh, why shouldn't you trust trees? Because they shake in the wind. Uh, maybe, but they do seem shady. Shady, darn. Ah, not bad, not uh, bad. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, and during this period of time, I was kidnapped by mimes. They did unspeakable things to me. (laughs) So, yeah, end of the show. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks. We'll get to talk about stuff. Uh, In two weeks' time, we'll be talking about uh, OAM's quarterly results, though if I think I do the math correctly, Overactive Media will be announcing it the day after we record, so maybe we can speculate on that. Uh, we may or may not have news about the Titans, the Overwatch League itself. Rumor was a vote took place at BlizzCon, but it's interesting that if it did, that there's still no word of what happened, so who knows. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about Squirrels, Taylor Swift, and all sorts of other crazy stuff, because that's what the show is evolving to do. Good show, good show today. Yeah. So on behalf of me at Omni Stripe, Jordan Atzer, Dr. Jam, the host of the One Man Watchpoint Podcast, and myself, Chris, at Lightforce. Catchphrase! Catchphrase!